0: Welcome to the Beyond the Sale podcast. I'm Cynthia Ostos, a real estate broker and team leader at Revel Realty in Mississauga. My goal with this show is to provide you with insights, tactics, and strategies to go beyond the sale. I'm here today with my guest, Daquan Henry. Uh, Daquan is one of our amazing team members here on the team And you've been with us three years now
1: Yeah, yeah, I have I can't believe it's been uh, three years already And honestly, I'm excited to be on this podcast I know we've like chatted about it for a bit And to like see it all come together is amazing uh, but yeah, no, it's been a solid three years. And I feel like we just keep doing a bunch of new stuff all the time at this point.
0: I know it's incredible. I've wanted to do this for a long time. Yes. But obviously life gets in the way. We had COVID, all kinds of stuff. I had two babies and uh, here we are all these years later.
1: In the last few years have just been like a blur, a blur. I don't know how you've, you've felt over the last uh, three years with everything going on.
0: Definitely a blur, for sure. <laughs> and a lot going on all the time.
1: I feel like there should have been so much things going on with you know the real estate world economy just everyone in general Uh, and i feel like that kind of segues into the topic that we're going to talk about really well about you know why people succeed and don't succeed in real estate and i think that it's been very common you know leading up to the end of this year
0: (laughs) yes so today's episode is all about why so many agents that get (laughs) licensed don't make it in this real estate business why is real estate so damn hard yeah. Right. So, um, actually, it's interesting. Like we we're saying about COVID. Um, during COVID, I found there was a lot of people that decided to get their real estate license. Right. Um, obviously, I think shows like Selling Sunset. (laughs) What other shows are there besides? That's the only one I really watch.
1: Yeah, there's so many shows on like Netflix of Selling Dallas, Selling Sunset, all those types of things. And I couldn't agree more that a lot of a big reason of why people decided to get into the real estate world was because of all, let's say, the influence or the lavish lifestyle or honestly, the ease. I think that. TV shows really well of the job, really sold people on all of those things. So I think we saw a huge influx of people wanting to get their license, you know, become agents and like almost live that lifestyle that they're being sold to. But this year, I think it's been very clear that that's really not the reality of that situation.
0: Truthfully, the barriers to entry to get into real estate, they are quite low, right? You you Um, think so?
1: Yeah. You, You feel so? Yeah.
0: I mean, you pretty much, I think, only need to have. Uh, is it high school or?
1: Oh, like the, it's so funny you say that, like the education, like education background wise, to hop right? into it. Like, yeah. You yeah. don't need
0: to have a master's, no. right? You pretty much, I think only need high school. And then now I think it's all online. Right. Mm-hmm. Like obviously very different from when I got licensed. It was all in person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there were textbooks, There were teachers, yeah. you know, things have definitely changed. Mm-hmm. You're, um, you know, someone that got licensed online, I believe. Right. Like if-
1: Re- recently, I feel like we're dating ourselves a little yes, bit, but, we are. but uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I, you, you, I hear about these things all the time where, you know, a lot of the industry, even the training to get licensed was all in person. It was very, very different where now a lot of the things are just done online. And honestly, I can't imagine life or working without like DocuSign or Authenticine or even the internet (laughs) in general and things like that. But it's funny you say the barrier to entries are, you know, low. And I think for people like us, we would agree, you know, with our background of going to University of Toronto, you know, um, being, you know, having a background in, in education, we see that. But uh, a lot of people who I speak to who want to get their license, they actually have told me they feel like the barrier is very high on the on the costs of oh, it. Oh,
0: I see what you it know? actually costs to get. You licensed. know what I mean? I mean, I think it's also. I mean, yeah. <laughs> everyone's mindset around money is so different. But Agree. I mean, I think it's what like five thousand dollars to do your courses. I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. This ties, I would say, to the to the failures of of uh, you know why people don't make it in real estate. But yeah, no, I think some of the barriers that people are facing are the schooling. You need to get go through the education because um, they were with Oria before, yes, and, and now they moved to Humber, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and now it's all online, which you know, for time sake wise, you know, I think people can still like work a nine to five or work a different job and. Still get their licensing. It might take a little longer, but it's possible to do. Um, but you got to pay for the schooling uh, with that aspect. And then uh, after that is completed, which I think is a few thousand dollars now. Like I want to say it's like four to five. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that, anyone who's watching but <laughs> or listening. But I think it's around there. And then on top of that, after you get your actual license, then you have all your board fees, your insurances, you know, all those types of uh, items. And it really, really adds up. And that doesn't even add to all the expenses, you know, our team has, like all the uh, bonus things like this is just to get in there. I feel like it, it might be high depending on the on the yeah. Image but, looking. Yeah, but
0: I also think like if you look at any industry, it's sort of like, you know, an industry where you can become licensed and not have a lot of overhead other than the things that you just mentioned. So in that sense, I also think that's why people are kind of like, okay, like, it's not like you have to buy like a franchise and mm. pay like a set amount, like four hundred thousand, yeah. and then like open your own business, right? Like you can mm-hmm. sort of just get your license, pay all of that, of course, and then get out there and start making money, right? Like so, people <laughs> just, just, just like that, super easy, just right? Like just that. like that, people <laughs> think you know it's so easy, right? So okay, I'll do that. And then I don't really have to like spend much else other than people will say, of course, like business cards, which really not many people use these yeah. anymore, but um get a website yeah. and you're up and running. There mm-hmm. you go, right? And, selling, the, the, and the cash selling is just flooding in, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Next thing you know, you're driving a Ferrari, but <laughs> we all know that's not the case. 85% of realtors don't make it past year five, um, let alone year two, but You know, you've made it, Daquan. So, um, yeah, maybe we can chat a bit about why you are still in the industry and you did make it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, I, uh, I definitely love those stats that you share. I'm a big, big stats guy. And, uh, yeah, that two year dropout or one year dropout rate is just ridiculously high. I think for all those reasons that you kind of shared, uh, with barriers and people really not understanding why they got into the industry. I think that's a big reason on, on why people, uh, fail in that first year. Uh, but then yeah, even the five year dropout rate being at like 80, 90% is just a very clear indication that people are getting into real estate for the wrong reasons. Not making it, and then realizing they have to transition into something else. So I think those stats just paint that image super clearly. Uh, but yeah, for myself, I would say that um, my background in real estate before that was in uh, telecom sales. Actually, so I did telecom sales for about five years leading up to my career in real estate. I know we mentioned it. I also went to UFT for business communication, and I feel like a lot of those skills that I learned, you know, theoretically in school, and then in practice with. Uh, sales in, in the telecom world transferred really, really well into the to the real estate um, environment, um, and I feel like and <clears throat> I feel like this is always a topic for people. But I feel like uh, in the early years, you know, people are very much divided into salespeople and what I like to call order takers in real estate. Uh, I know we've kind of spoken about those two terms before. Where you know, when you start your real estate journey, you know, I feel like there's kind of two brackets you can kind of fall into. One is if you, you know, you're trying to explore what we call your sphere of influence, you know, people around you who might be uh, transacting, thinking about buying a home and all those types of things. Um, And then, uh, or strangers (laughs) that you're trying to convert and work and all those types of things. So uh, for myself...
0: both can be scary. Both can be scary, for sure. A lot of people, when they start out, have a very hard time calling people they know You were one of those.
1: I am still, yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, over a stranger, right? So why do you think it is so hard for people to reach out, like fresh new agents, to do that initial call or message, um, their sphere, right? Or the people that they know.
1: Yeah, you know what? I think that's a really good question. And it's funny because a lot of different agents, they have different... um, you know, strength, let's say, on um, maybe they are okay speaking to their, you know, close sphere like that. And they don't like talking to strangers. Or you could be like me, who, you know, you'd rather talk to strangers rather than, you know, um, talk to, you know, people in your sphere. And I'm trying to think back to when I first started. And because uh, I know that was a big, uh, you know, exercise we were doing about reaching out to your sphere. And I want to say it's probably because you have a bit of maybe, let's say, imposter syndrome in the beginning, where you're like, you know, like you said, you wrote a few exams, got a website, and now you're a real estate agent, right? But you haven't actually done real estate. Yeah, and (laughs) I also
0: think it's because like, I feel like there's so many realtors out there, Yeah, right? So it's like, these people definitely get pitched like, you know, the whole, Mm -hmm. oh, that message we all see on LinkedIn, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. I got my real estate license now and, you know, do you need any help? Like, yeah. right? So maybe that's part of it too.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think people might not want to, you know, feel confident to compete against other agents. You know what I mean? They're like, I just started, I'm fresh. You know, why, you know, why would they choose me over, you know, someone else? I think that's like a so very big barrier. Huge mindset, which is probably, I would say, like a big part of why people succeed in general in life. But especially in real estate in those first few years, it's going to be that mindset aspect. Um, But yeah, for myself, I'd probably say, yeah, maybe a little bit of mindset uh, that took a little bit of time to shift. And I would say that shift took time with confidence, being in the industry, being, you know, having great mentors, um, you know, being on a team, for example, to kind of see, you know, what is what. That kind of gives you that confidence to reach out to, you know, strangers and your SOI and say, you know, I am competent to help you know, with this next uh, step that you're trying to take. And I think I think it's very hard to do that, to have that in your in your first uh, year. But I know you did, though. And when you first started.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would say um, I was uh, like a textbook. I remember my good friend Martin. Martin, if you're watching, hey, Um, but he would always say to me, he's a realtor as well. He's like, wow, Cynthia, like you are always doing like all the things that they say to do, like write the Christmas cards prospect, um, you Start know, a follow podcast. up with people. <laughs> right. So he was just like, you're doing it all. Like, you know, all the things that all the coaches and trainers tell you to do. And I was definitely doing it all. And I mean, obviously, uh, and consistency showing up every day. I think that's the most important thing to do in order to be successful in real estate is the small things, which are the hardest. Yeah. And, um, you know, doing all of those things over time, Um, led me to where obviously I started the team and um, decided to, you know, branch out and not just work solo, which you always say, like, you don't know how, (laughs) how do agents do it by themselves? Because you see there's so much involved, right? So, um, but that being said, like you mentioned joining a team, right? And and how much, I know how much you believe in the team, um, you know, model and you always say how (laughs) grateful you are for the team. So let's say as a new agent, Like imagine you hadn't joined the team. How do you think things would have Turned out for you,
1: yeah, uh, bad. For the record, just want to say, (laughs) just want to say for the record, probably very, very bad. But uh, no, I I think yeah, the team. You know, any new agent who kind of reaches out to me and says, you know, Jaquan, you know, you're, you know, you've gone to the industry recently, you're doing really well, like all the types of things. You know, where where should I start? And I think that question is so loaded and tough to answer because it's so good. Like, where do you start? You just got your license, fresh out of school. Maybe you still have another job. You're trying to, you know, figure out what's going on. And maybe for me, like if people don't have sales experience or background i know we've said this before and maybe other people have different views on it but if you don't have any sales background like i feel like this job's extremely extremely hard you know what well, i mean well it just
0: makes it 10 times harder to be successful if you don't have that background but yeah. that being said i did not have that background i know i right? know right my background i mean um i'd say maybe my grandma like we're talking about uh you know back in the day my mm-hmm. in my lineage my grandmother did have a store uh, my mom tells me about that they were selling all kinds of like produce and right. So um, maybe somewhere like in my genetics, you know, it's like being a salesperson somewhere dormant. Yeah, yeah. And I <laughs> awoken that uh, whole talent. But truthfully, like I really didn't work much in sales, right? Like my background, of course, was law enforcement. Right. I was going to so, say
1: that's the next best thing I would say next to sales. I would
0: have to agree with you, yeah. right? Because asking questions in real estate is one of the most important things right like asking the hard questions up front yes so other than sales i think that that sort of background is also
1: important yeah no your your background story i think is so interesting honestly with the 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 stories you've told me when you were when you did work in law enforcement like those types of questions that you were you know having to ask
0: people yes like and i was thinking about this last night (laughs) because we've been chatting about asking hard questions where I would have to look at someone in the face and ask them, when is the last time you had a bowel movement? So when you've asked hard questions like that. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's very, it becomes easier to ask, you know, are you anything. working with an agent? Really. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just a, a lesser Can you imagine yourself scale.
0: asking that oh, no, to no. someone, a stranger? I can't
1: imagine me asking that. Never mind, like, someone asking me that. <laughs> that's, that that's also a bigger, a bigger, uh, a bigger shocker there. So, yeah, if you don't have sales experience... Start asking people when they went to the bathroom. Yeah, You'll good. You'll be sure. good in the industry. Yeah. yeah.
0: Or, yeah, so anyone coming from law enforcement, yeah. I feel like positions of authority, you know, you do great also in this, you know, working with people, yeah. reading people, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, so all of these are the challenges because, sure, you can learn all the theory, know the forms, but then if you lack that, like, emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. how to talk to people, because they say, like, Half of it is knowing what to say, but you have to also say it to the right people. Like there's Mm -hmm. just all these things.
1: Exactly. I couldn't agree more. And that's why the sales aspect of the law enforcement background, you know, it teaches you those, you know, almost softer skills um, that you need to, you know, deal with people, deal with the public, have those types of conversations. And, you know, when I'm speaking to people who are newer to the industry and I'm like, I just don't know if you, if you have that ability. And I think that's really, really hard to teach. Like you said, I can teach you the systems, marketing, advertising, the forms, like negotiations, all that stuff. But it's like, if you're not able to carry a conversation, or if you're nervous to have a conversation with someone, then it's like, I think this industry can be really, really hard for you. Uh, but I mean, I hope people prove me wrong and see if they can work through that. Uh, but having that sales background, I think changes everything and increases your success in that first year, first two year kind of period. And I know with your original question to me, I would say that having those soft skills developed thoroughly. Through, um, yeah, because career. you told
0: me at your old job, Bell. Yeah, <laughs> people would like yell at you. Like you took oh, some yeah. really tough you know, you were in some situations, right?
1: Yeah, no, I'm 100%. Yeah, definitely. You know, everyone who lives in Canada, they probably had some experience with telecom, whether it's Rogers or Bell, where it was, you know, good or bad, essentially. But uh, when I worked in sales, I was more or less the front lines, you know, for the company. So the good, the bad, the ugly, I saw it all. I was
0: honestly shocked to learn that at Bell, like a retail store in a mall that Mm You said people would be, like, quite irate.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. We've had to call, like, the security a few times, like, law enforcement. To me, that's
0: shocking. Like, it's one thing if, you know, I'm searching your bags at the airport and you're not happy. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. But,
0: like, we're talking about, like, cell phones.
1: Physical. People getting physical, wanting to get physical, all those types of things. So... Going through that, then you're like, oh, maybe door knocking is not that hard. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, after I've gone through that, I'm just like, oh, maybe picking up the phones, calling people, you know, speaking to family about real estate, you know, it's a lot easier to do. But for either situations, we know uh, you got to have thick skin. And I feel like people, like we were saying before, you know, they see the luxury on TV, the lavishness, you know, they don't see the hard work, the determination, you know, the tough conversations. Um, and then when they're in it, they're like, oh, this is actually not for me. You know, uh, I'm actually not like interested in doing this anymore. Um, so I think all those things tied into it. It sounds like both of our successes, you know, early, early on um, in that, in that, uh, in that additional first uh, phase. And I think that moving to, you know, those agents in the five-year bracket or when so the they-
0: ones that actually make it.
1: The ones that actually make it I think we have different def- I know we have different definitions <laughs> of agents who make it but yes yeah the ones who uh make it and don't you know get a new job and they continue with it I feel like you know they definitely have a different type of issues run into different type of issues than those agents you know in that first year you know
0: and sorry let's define what making it. <laughs> means, right? So yeah. Uh, your average agent, how many transactions are they doing? So 77,000 licensed agents?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to touch on that. The 77,000, like we have more agents per capital than like New York, right? you know, for example, which is just, you know, absolutely shocking uh, to see. I think the stat last time I saw it, it was like, there's like one in 80, like 85 people in like Ontario or, yeah. or um, our real estate Lake agent. Ontario? <laughs> no, no, no. The, the province of Ontario. <laughs> Are, are an agent, which is just, you know, yes. super, super I shocking. I would be
0: surprised if there's some in Lake Ontario as Honestly,
1: well. if there's deals there, we'll go for <laughs> sure. So I, I would, uh, wouldn't would be surprised. But uh, yeah, no, I think based on the stats that we saw in 2022, it was like more than half of all the agents licensed did uh, one or zero deals, yeah.
0: which is just Yeah, 90% shocking. of the business is done by 10% of the realtors. Yeah. So in my books, making it, I mean... 10 deals a year if you're like by yourself full time. Mm-hmm. I think that's not bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think to be in the For lo- today's
0: standards <laughs> and numbers.
1: <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think to in today's agree in today's standards and numbers um i think to be in the one percent was like 12 deals i think 12 deals a year that put you into the one percent bracket Mm, i think
0: it's more than that
1: yeah i I know there was uh i know there was kind of a bit of a wider range maybe this year's different type of thing um but the point is that majority of agents aren't doing a lot of deals and even that other stat you brought up of the 90 10 i heard a lot of people are talking about it's getting a lot closer to like 95
0: yeah now it is for sure
1: yeah for sure but
0: it's crazy (laughs) to think like You know, when I started out in 2010, Mm -hmm. like from 2010 to like 2016, I was doing between like 20 and 40 transactions by myself. No assistant, nothing. I like to send the team pictures. I had like a house chart and stuff. No assistant on my own. And I was just too busy, like to even know what was going on. Like I would just work, work, work. Um, But obviously that's why I'm here today Mm -hmm. with the team and all of this. Um but yeah, it's it's just nuts when you look at the transactions. And I think there are a lot of solo agents that might think they're doing this full time and have like a good business, but they're mm-hmm. not really looking at the numbers, right? Like yeah. what does it actually cost you to take the listings to work with the buyers? Like those numbers, which you love numbers. <laughs> so maybe we can chat a bit about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I think that really, really um points out the difference in problems that um or challenges I should say that you face. At that one to five-year mark, because at the beginning, you have no overhead. You're just figuring out what's going on. You know, you're just getting your feet Shooting wet. From hip. Shooting from the hips. Shooting from the hips, exactly. And uh, then you get to that five-year mark and you're like, okay, wait, you know, I have a steady flow of business. You know, maybe I don't want to be working 90-hour weeks anymore, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what what's kind of going on. So how do I solve some of these problems? And then you get into the expenses, you know, the real, real expenses of running a business, running a team, you know, even being solo. And Yeah, I, like
0: hiring an admin.
1: Hiring an Not admin. cheap. Yeah.
0: First one I hired was part time, mm-hmm. but then let's say full time back when I, you know, 2016, you had to pay someone at least, let's say 40, mm-hmm, 35 mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it was 35 actually.
1: Yeah. And now, and even now, if you wanted to, you know, have that, uh, you know, a luxury, honestly, of having an assistant, I know those, those salaries, you know, do range now. Um, but it's a major key <laughs> for all the top producing agents I know to have that extra assistance, where you know you you have someone there to help you with the listings and you know everything in between. But I feel like the general public they don't really understand how expensive it is to be producing at that level. I think they just see like the flashiness, they hear the numbers. Selling Sunset says, "Oh, they're making a million dollars, they're making two hundred thousand dollars from this deal," but you know, they don't really see the expenses that kind of come from it. And I think that that might be, and you know, someone like yourself who is experienced, you you might, you probably have some more to say about this, but you know, you know, what kind of uh, issues do you think people have at that five-year mark when it comes to how much of the expenses cost, like how to manage them, like where to, where to allocate funds, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I honestly
0: think a lot of agents, if they're solo and they're at the five-year mark, like most of them don't have admins. Really? I think it's when you decide you want to build a team, right? Like, where you get an office space, mm. right? Um, I mean, you might have like an admin overseas virtually, and a lot of people go that route too. But if you want to have like a physical office, a team and basically have staff, right? Like now the expenses start to really pile on, right? And yeah, I mean, there's the truth in the industry is like the more money you're making, the larger your team, the profit margin gets smaller and smaller, right? So like, Some big teams, like the owners, maybe only take 10, 15% Mm -hmm. of profit. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you got to find that sweet spot and then, you know, decide like, what do you want to do at that five-year mark? Do you want to maybe join a team that has some of this leverage systems, all that stuff already built out? Yeah. Or do you want to continue on like a a lone ranger, Mm -hmm. right? And and sort of be really running lean.
1: Yeah. And you know what? That's really, really, really well said because, you know. I think there's so many ways to be successful in, in the industry. And, you know, a lot of people that I've even spoken to who like being solo or don't like being solo or they're new, they're like, oh, Daquan, you know, you seem like doing well, like all this type of stuff, you know, would you ever start your own team? You know, do you like being on a team? All those types of things. And hearing you say all that stuff, I'm like, I'm happy that I just have to sell real estate. You know, I don't have to do all the high level things that you're talking about and managing a team. And, you know, obviously there's, you know, uh, costs or, you know, uh, splits that people talk about with teams. But it's like, if you're with the right team, all of that stuff is worth it. All of that stuff is worth it, right? So I feel like, um, like I said, hearing you kind of say that, I really like for everyone listening that, you know, it's okay to be on a team, you know, it's okay to like have that assistance and, you know, just want to sell the real estate.
0: Trust me, it is much easier to just sell real estate (laughs) than run a team much easier. So yeah, it's not for everybody.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I hope that, uh, you know, for everyone listening, they do have that kind of those major takeaways that we kind of spoke about, um, that we ended it with, you know, about being on a team, not being on a team. And really, if you are early in your career, as a real estate agent or thinking about it, really ask yourself, you know, is this the lifestyle you want? You know, are do you have kind of those soft skills? Are you ready for those uh, harder conversations before Jumping into it, I don't know if you have any other takeaways. Yeah, before we and wrap do up. you
0: actually know what you're doing? And I'm not saying fake it till you make it, which is a thing, but maybe you should join a team or find a mentor, especially in the beginning, right? Like there's just so much to learn. The learning curve is crazy, and that's why the uh, success rate is so low.
1: Hundred percent, I couldn't agree more. I agree.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Dequan. It's always <laughs> so fun chatting with you. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm sure I'll be back at some point. Definitely. <laughs>
0: Subscribe to the Beyond the Sale podcast on all streaming platforms and on YouTube.